three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Two to tie, a three to win it. Sylvester for three. Because this ain't about education. It ain't much about winning, and it sure as hell ain't much about basketball. It's about money. Morrison. Welcome to another edition of Rise and Fire Hoops Talk. Clint Schweitzer alongside Noah Groniger as the college basketball season is off and running and there's been a lot of eyes on a lot of the developments that have happened early in the season. A lot of excitement. I, I, in fact, Noah, I would venture to say a lot of excitement early in the season as much as I've seen in a long time. Of course, last year you had Zion Williamson at Duke and everybody was tuned in for that. But this year, it just seems like there's a hodgepodge. We don't know who the best team is. We can't figure it out. We thought it was Louisville. Maybe not. Uh, right now, can't get a get a very good gauge on it, but we do have a very special guest. Uh, ESPN's Dan Shulman is going to be joining us to try to help us figure out all this because it seems to me like there's a lot of games going on, a lot of teams that are capable, um, but not many that are standing out as elite right now at this point in the season. Is that fair to say? It absolutely is. I mean, Kentucky's gone down to Evansville. Duke's gone down to uh, Stephen F. Austin. We just had Louisville and Maryland go down. Michigan State's gone down. Uh, Gonzaga's gone down. I mean, everyone has. It's just, like you said, a hodgepodge there at the top of, of really good teams, but no one that stands out that's a great team. And I question with Gonzaga losing so much from last year if I thought this would be a down year for them. But uh, looking around at the landscape, uh, they're right in this thing. Uh, they're coming off a win against Washington. Uh, they've got Arizona and North Carolina coming up, so we'll learn more about them there. But, uh, yeah, North Carolina lost to Virginia recently. Virginia's lost, so... Uh, just no one's really standing out, taking a hold of this thing. It's there for the taking if someone wants it, but it appears nobody does. Well, we'll see because I think that there's some teams that are starting to creep up. Obviously, we're going to ask Dan Shulman about the Gonzagas of the world. We're going to ask him about North Carolina. We talked with uh, uh, Seth Greenberg just a couple weeks back about what's wrong with Kentucky. Well, now the question has to be asked, what's wrong with North Carolina? Of course, um, Ohio State might be one of the best teams in the country right now. Um, obviously, that's ambiguous because we can't, figure out a best team in the country, but three out of four losses uh, for North Carolina, granted to good teams, but they just don't seem to be uh, firing on all cylinders. And of course, uh, Dan Shulman was on the call um, for Indiana UConn. Right now, Indiana's playing like a team that could really do some damage, averaging that uh, they, they they barely beat UConn, 57-54. Prior to that, their average margin of victory was 22 so I don't know. I'm trying to get a I'm trying to get a little bit of a make on this. Dan Shulman was uh, down in Maui for the Maui Invitational a couple weeks back, so we're going to kind of get his thoughts on teams like Kansas and Dayton, teams that were there. Kansas, of course, winning that. We're going to get his thoughts uh, on, on the Jayhawks and and you know kind of the, some of the major happenings going on in college basketball, and kind of ask him uh, why people seem to mistake him for Dave Pash, Bill Walton's uh, sidekick there for ESPN. Dan Schulman, you know, was always with Jay Billis or Dickie V like he was in Madison Square Garden the other night. So why does it happen, Noah? Why is it because everybody wants to know about working with Bill Walton, about how someone could stand it? I think so. I mean, that's got to be it. I mean, they're both bald guys. Uh, and uh, Dave Pash, I mean, you just look, you think of them, you think Dan Schulman, like they, they do sort of look alike. And uh, a lot of people... Uh, they both have names that start with D. I mean, I'm looking for reasons here, but I think everyone is obviously uh, interested in Bill Walton and how 
someone gets through a broadcast uh, trying to call a basketball game when Bill Walton is going off on meditation, on his trip to Cambodia or whatever it is he's talking about at the current time. Uh, he goes off on tangents and they last a really long time and it's hard to call a basketball game. And uh, I'm, I'm glad for Dan Schulman's sake that he's not Dave Pash and he hasn't had to experience that. And he does get to work with the likes of uh, the great Dick Vitale and Jay Billis. So uh, good for him. And uh, hopefully he can stay away from uh, Bill Walton stories because they last a long time and uh, nobody's uh, on earth that long to have to sit through one of those. Well, we're going to talk to Dan Schulman about this, but I kind of want to ask you, because to me, it seems like the excitement for college basketball um, early in the season is at an all-time high. And that's, you know, when you're going up against the NFL, you're going up against college football that's now kind of wound down. It's it's really hard to get eyes on your product. But college basketball does a great job of bringing matchups people want to see early in the season. Of course, every team uh, is going to play patsies on their schedule. You've got to play 30 games somehow. But, man, the early season tournaments, we saw some great matchups. You talked about Gonzaga and Michigan. We saw Dayton and Kansas going at it. Um, we've seen Baylor pull some upsets so far in some games that I, I you know people really want to see. Is college basketball doing a good job in your mind of bringing out matchups and putting uh, key games in front of people so that they can get some excitement generated early? Is that is that the point? Is that being successful so far? Um, I think that's part of the point. I think another part is that the fact that the results of these great matchups uh, and just matchups that you don't expect, you wake up one morning and uh, on your DirecTV package or DISH satellite package or Time Warner cable package, whatever you have, you're, you're not being able to see Kentucky versus Evansville or Kentucky versus Utah Valley or Duke versus Stephen F. Austin. And, uh, or you're just not interested in the game because it's the number one, number three team versus just some school you probably didn't even know existed. And you wake up and you're hearing it happen. The upset happened in miraculous fashion. And I think that uh, it's getting people to really pay attention early on. Not only are we having these great season tournament, uh, early season tournaments, like you mentioned, and great uh, competition between the teams, but we're getting great results from the games, close games between really good teams, and then really just teams that you haven't heard of. The Evansville Stephen F. Austins of the world pulling these great upsets early in the season really brings notice and notoriety to the sport early in the season where people aren't usually paying attention because they're focused on late season college football, the NFL, the NBA starting up. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't expect it, but college basketball was really uh, hitting the front pages here. Just effort there because you, you get a final four like that we had last year that winds up being Texas tech and Virginia teams that had never been in that position before. And people feel like their program, whoever they cheer for, you know, we're here in Missouri. Could Missouri, you know, become a Texas tech, become a Virginia, uh, could, a could a Kansas state, could a Nebraska, could an Iowa state, uh, that's all teams, you know, kind of, kind of in our wheelhouse around in the Midwest, could they become that? And I think that the people really believe that. Maybe they believe that because of the FBI investigations that the NCAA and the FBI are going to clean this up, that sanctions are going to come around, that people are going to be punished for playing on an uneven playing field. Well, we want to go ahead and welcome to the show our guest this week. It is ESPN's Dave Shulman. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks so much for joining us. How's everything going, my friend? Uh, everything is great. It is a very exciting time. They've been uh, running us around, doing tons of games, and... Uh, it's uh, it's good to be doing them. It's uh, it's always great to be covering college basketball. And tomorrow night should be good. Well, especially this time of year, you just had the college football regular season wind down. 
uh, this past weekend. And uh, so, so you know, you're going to get a lot of eyes maybe on the product that are just kind of new to turning to tuning in. So you got uh, Indiana and you got UConn here. An Indiana team almost flying under the radar with what they've done. Big win over uh, Florida State uh, this past Tuesday. And um, their average margin of victory is 22. Right now, Indiana playing really good basketball. What do you expect out of the Hoosiers and uh, the Huskies at Madison Square Garden, my friend? Uh, well, I, I'm at, I'm interested to see Indiana. I mean, they had a, kind of a soft schedule to start the season. Then they looked great in a win over Florida State, but they didn't look very good in their last game, a loss to Wisconsin, which is that was a, a true road game, their first road game of the season. Uh, so I, I, I think, you know, Archie Miller is going to be looking for them to come in and, and play a lot better against UConn than they did uh, in that last game. And, and I think they're good. I think they've got a chance to be interesting in the Big Ten. They're deep. They've got different guys who can score. They're going to get Rob Finnessy back at some point. Uh, I don't think they can challenge the top teams in the league, but I think they've got a chance to to play well. They certainly be um, you know more consistent than they were last year. And with 10, 11 guys out there, Archie Miller can you know let the players decide the playing time. Whoever plays best gets the minutes. And and but I, I'm looking for them to play a lot better against UConn than they did in their last game against Wisconsin. Well, I want to take it back a couple weeks. You were down, of course, uh, in Maui. You had uh, Dayton and Kansas there in the championship game, you and Jay Billis. Uh, what a great game that was. We really got to see those that weren't aware of what Dayton uh, had going on. We got to see uh, you know, them and Kansas you know, at, the, at the height um, of excitement there for the championship. Kansas wins that game uh, in overtime. Talk about what you saw there uh, in Maui, and especially from, from Kansas, a team that uh, has vaulted to number two in the rankings now. They have a loss. But uh, that came uh, early on to Duke. What do you see from the Kansas Jayhawks, and uh, kind of what was your experience like there at the Maui Invitational? Yeah, I, I like them a lot, and, and and I agree. And you've probably heard Jay say this a number of times on the air this year. I don't know that we have any great teams right now. By you know middle of March, end of March, we might, but I don't think there are great teams right now. But Kansas has a chance to be uh, a great team by the end of the year. I mean, the inside-outside combination they've got Devon Dotson, and then of course Yudoka Azubuki is great. To me, it's about everybody else. You know, can they get something out of DeSosa? Will Tristan and Aruna come along quickly enough to really be a factor this year? Um, but I like their team a lot. I, I really, really do. They're, they're a better team now than they were when they lost to Duke. They didn't have Isaiah Moss when they lost to Duke. And they turned it over like crazy in that game. If they can hang on to the ball, they've got a chance to be as good as anybody. Um, and, and I loved Dayton. Uh, we did all three of Dayton's games out there. Absolutely loved everything about them. Uh, I think they've got a chance to play with just about anybody in the country. I mean, I thought Kansas played great in the final uh, out in Maui, and they needed overtime to beat Dayton. And, and I think Obi Toppin and the you know the older guards they've got, they've always got two point guards on the floor at any time. they got complementary players who accept their roles. Um, I think Dayton's a, a scary team, and, and I'm looking forward to following their progress. I won't have them again, I, I don't think, during the rest of the season, but looking forward to following their progress from the park. Well, just a couple weeks ago, we had Seth Greenberg on the show, and I got to ask him, Coach, what's wrong with Kentucky? Now you're here, and we get to ask you what's wrong with North Carolina as they've lost three out of four games, of course, to very good teams. We saw what Ohio State was able to do to them in Chapel Hill. And then Virginia, my goodness, uh, just another amazing defensive effort by the Cavaliers. North Carolina's lost three out of four. What's uh, what's going on with the Tar Heels right now? Well, a couple of things. I, I think Ohio State's as good as any team in the country, and Virginia defensively, as we all know, is as good as any team in the country. So, you know, a tough couple of games. Uh, for Carolina, but this is not as talented a Carolina team as we've seen in the past. You know, you look at the guys who are gone from last year with Luke May and Cam Johnson and Nasir Little and 
Kobe White, and you know, and on and on it goes. And they've brought in some nice players, but they haven't brought in as guys who were as good as those guys last year. So by Roy Williams' North Carolina standards, or just in general by North Carolina standards, this is not uh, a very talented team. Cole Anthony has to do a lot. Um, you know, Baycott looks like he's going to come back quicker from the ankle than we thought. Like, Baycott's a nice player. Brooks is a nice player. Brandon Robinson is a nice player. Um, but but I don't think those guys are as strong as, like, the second, third, and fourth best players on the team last year. Again, there's a lot of time to get better. And, and you know Carolina's going to run. You know they're going to offensive rebound. The question is, can they make shots? They don't have any three-point shooters right now. And to see them held to whatever it was, 49 points, I think it was, in the Ohio State game, and then less than that against Virginia is crazy, even with those teams being as good defensively as they are. So I think they'll get better. I think they'll be a factor in the ACC. But I I think the ceiling on this team is lower than the ceiling on, on most Carolina teams. Well, one team I've got to ask you about is Gonzaga. You know, Mark Few just continues to do this. Dan, this year... Uh, it's another case where the Zags lose a lot of players, a lot, almost all their uh, all their starters, a lot of scoring, and yet here they are again. Uh, of course, they had the loss to Michigan um, uh, in their in their tournament uh, preseason tournament just a few weeks ago, but uh, there's they're going to have another chance. They're going to play at home against North Carolina coming up. How is Mark Few able to continue to do this? And do you think this could be the year that uh, Gonzaga breaks through? Of course, they've been to a national championship game already, but is this another chance right. for an, a Final Four appearance for the Zags? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't count them out. Um, I, I think Petrusev or Petrusev is a, I've heard both, is a, is a great player. You could see last year that he was kind of stuck behind Hatchimore and some other guys, but you could see how talented he was and that he was going to be a real force. Corey Kispert's a good player. Keeping Killian Tilly healthy, obviously, is enormously important for the Zags. Uh, I think it's a really good team. I'm not sure it's as good as last year's team. Uh, I'm not sure it's as good as the team that made the national championship game a few years ago, but they do have experience, they do have talent, they've got a great coach in Mark View, who just every single year, whether it's transfers or international players, he gets it done. I mean, Gonzaga is, to call them a mid-major is doing a disservice to them. Um, The the league they play in may be a mid-major league, but they're a high-major program, and they have been for a long, long time. And and, um, you know they're going to do very, very well in their league. You know they're going to get a very high seed. It's just a question of you know the matchups they get in the NCAA tournament, but uh, you know they'll be they'll be there uh, towards the end of the season. I'm looking forward to that to watching that game against North Carolina, seeing how they do. They've got Arizona coming up, I think, on the road as well. I think they're going down to uh, to Tucson to play the Wildcats, which will be a great game as well. But they're always a program that I like to follow because they're so interesting every year. Well, Dan, one league I'm trying to get a handle on is the SEC. Here, of course, we cover Missouri very closely. We're in Kansas City. Um, there's a lot of teams kind of log jam there in the middle. We don't know that uh, Conzo Martin, uh, what he's going to have this year. They've had a loss to Charleston Southern, but the top of the league uh, with Kentucky, even though they stumbled out of the gate, you've got Tennessee and, and, and Auburn maybe playing as well um, as anyone in the league right now. How do you see the SEC right now? This is just kind of a league that um, has grown over the years, but now this year we're not sure. Um, Seth Greenberg said seven teams still get in. Uh, of course, it's early. How do you f- feel about the SEC this year? It's, yeah, it's really early, and, and the, the, the thing about it being early, though, is you kind of, as a league, you kind of got to build up your resume in November, December, because once you get into January, February, obviously you're playing almost entirely within your league. So um, Kentucky is a little bit inconsistent. I mean, that having said, that you know, they've only lost once, but 
Can they score? They should be a great defensive team, but will they be healthy? Can they score consistently? Uh, I like Tennessee, and I know Tennessee lost a lot, but I, I'm a huge Rick Barnes fan, and there's just a great culture there of toughness and togetherness, and I think they're going to, if they haven't already, sneak up on some people and be better maybe than people thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. The, the team I think that we're all waiting for a little bit is Florida. I mean, yeah. starting at the beginning of the year, you know, Florida was kind of a, a trendy, sneaky uh, Final Four team that, that people were talking about. They bring in Blackshear, Emhart comes back for another year. Everybody says the chemistry's better, and they're just not off to as good a start as we thought they would be. But again, it's really early. Mike White's a great coach. They've got talent. So I, I kind of look at it as wide open. You've got Auburn, you've got Florida, you've got Kentucky, you've got Tennessee, and um, it, it'll be a very competitive league. You know, the quality of um, of the coaching in the league has, has improved. They brought in some big-name coaches, and uh, you know, Alabama's going to be interesting with Nate Oates down there. LSU's going to be interesting. They always are. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a really good league, uh, as it always is. But uh, I'm not sure we're going to see anybody you know, have a great record in the league. I think everybody's got at least three or four losses in there because it's one of those leagues where the middle can easily knock off the top. Well, Dan, just kind of talk to us about the perception of college basketball here in, in 2019, 2020, because I feel like maybe this year, and maybe it's as a result of the Final Four, the national championship game, you had Virginia and Texas Tech, uh, two teams that are not considered blue bloods. I think Virginia is definitely heading in the direction of maybe having that happen. But the perception to me seems to be more eyes are on the product earlier in the season. Uh, maybe it's a fallout from that, but uh, just kind of what do you see? Because I, I feel like college basketball is kind of vaulted into the limelight maybe earlier than normal, and that's a, that's just a great thing for the sport, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely felt it last year because of Zion Williamson, among others. But, you know, Williamson was the guy who always got the headlines. He and R.J. Barrett, Duke, and all that. And, and, you know, I'm lucky enough to do the Champions Classic every year, which is opening night for college basketball. And we feel it. Whether it's in New York or Chicago or Indianapolis, we feel it right away. And I know, you know, football is king and, and we're, you know, you're competing with college football and, and to some degree the NFL as well for eyeballs in November, December. I really felt it last year. I don't know if I feel it as much this year, and that's probably just because there's no Zion Williamson right now. And we're still trying to figure out what what's the identity of this season. And, and, and I think right now what the identity of the season is, one is good and one is bad in my mind. One one identity I think the season has is that it's wide open. And maybe it's a little bit less about, hey, is this guy first overall pick? Is that guy a lottery pick? And it's more about who's going to win the national championship? Who's the best team out there? You know, we've already gone from Michigan State to Kentucky to Duke to Louisville in number one. And Kansas could be there at some point. And Ohio State could be there at some point. And Maryland could be there at some point. And that's great. And, and, and I don't mind a year where it's a little bit more about teams and a little bit less about the individuals so that's something i like what i don't love is, is seeing a lot all these low scoring games I, I think we need a little bit more offense in the game and, and i'm not smart enough to know how to do it but there are too many low scoring games and i think the product is better when the ball goes in the basket a little bit more and, and i think people like 76 73 better than they like 46 43 so now some of it is just virginia being virginia and they're so great defensively and, and, and all that but I'm just not seeing the shooting and the scoring this year like I normally see. I think scoring's down about three points per game or, or something like that. And I hope as the season goes along that picks up a little bit. 
Well, you know, Dan, you know, just kind of a kind of a an, an aside here. It's so it's kind of funny. I apparently I didn't know this was a thing, but in, in amongst my group of friends and, and people that were talking to me when we talked about having you on, they all they all wanted me to ask you about Bill Walton because I believe what's happened is um, they they've mistaken everyone is mistaking you for Dave Pash. And is this is this common? Does this happen in, in the circles you travel in? Or is it just my yeah, group it's of friends? Not common. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, it's not common. It, it it's. Uh, evidently, all bald guys get mistaken for other bald or balding guys. So um, I've been mistaken for Pash a couple of times. Um, we, we were just talking about it out in, out in Maui, which is why your friend may be talking about it. Yeah. Pash was out in Maui. I've, I've been mistaken for Seth Greenberg once. I've been mistaken for Billis a couple of a few times. I've been mistaken for Sean McDonough. Um, so I think it's just kind of the uh, the bald guy thing that evidently all bald guys look the same. So. Uh, I've been mistaken for just about every ball guy on ESPN once or twice. Yeah, maybe that, or just the idea that everybody wants to weigh in and, and wonder what it's like to, to deal with Bill Walton on a daily basis. But my gosh, you get to uh, call games with with Jay Billis, with Dickie V, which you're going to be doing. I mean, that, those guys are the best in the business. And when it comes to college basketball, you guys, and definitely you included, are absolutely the best. This is what you get, uh, especially this time of year when you're learning about teams, watching these broadcasts. Man, you guys do, are just absolutely uh, knocking out of the park every time. That's That's a serious statement there. I really appreciate that. We we have fun. We put a lot of work into it. We take a lot of pride in it, but we realize how lucky we are to be doing this for a living. And, and uh, I hope it comes across uh, well to the majority of you. You can't, you can't please everybody all the time, but um, uh, I feel very privileged and, and fortunate to you know to have the job that I do and be able to see the games that I do. Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us here, and uh, best of luck. We'll definitely be watching. Uh, that's going to be tomorrow night um, on ESPN, as you guys will be calling Indiana and UConn from Madison Square Garden. Always great to see major college basketball games from the Garden. Uh, best of luck um, on the call. We'll be watching. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck on the call tomorrow. All right, thank you. Don't forget Louisville, Texas Tech in the first game, too. Doubleheader. For absolutely, yes, absolutely. You bet. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you. You bet. Well, there you hear it from Dave. Um, he does uh, somewhat agree that college basketball, um, you know, that there's been a lot of excitement kind of early, but he also says not so much as last year because of the Zion Williamson effect. But to me, you know what? I don't need some big, you know, Nike shoe star um, being in the limelight for me to enjoy college basketball. It's just not how it works for me. No, not at all. I mean, I don't need a Zion Williamson out there, so I can... Tune in and tune in when Duke plays, and that's all I'm really paying attention to. Uh, I, I love the parody. I love how the big blue bloods are going down early, and uh, there's there's parody across that we don't know who the best team is, and I like that, especially early in the season. I don't just want to say just oh well, Duke's obviously going to be in the Final Four. Kentucky's obviously going to be there. Like I love no looking at a Louisville, a Maryland, and a Texas Tech, a Michigan. Uh, in Iowa State, a Seton Hall, and a Gonzaga, and just any of those teams could be there. I mean, there's no strong team. No one's just swooped up all the top five recruits, and they're the dominant team. They're going to be there at the end. We don't know, and that's what makes it exciting. Well, it is going to be exciting. We're going to be taking you for a ride here for the rest of the college basketball season, and we're going to be bringing on some great guests. You've already heard uh, Seth Greenberg on the show. You heard uh, Chris Heron, the subject of the ESPN 30 for 30 and guarded on our last show. And now ESPN's Dan Shulman. So we are keeping things rolling 
with the guests this year, and that's what we always do. So we um, would appreciate you going to our website, GASNsports.com. That's where all of our articles and all of our stories and our podcasts are archived. This isn't the only show we do. We do a college uh, football show and an NFL podcast as well. So go and uh, for Rise and Fire, please subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Any way you choose to take in the show, we always appreciate uh, the interaction. Um, if you want to get us on Twitter, it's at GASN Sports. We always appreciate that interaction. We want to hear from you guys, your thoughts about the college basketball season, what you like so far, where your team's headed, all of that and much more. And be sure to join us next week as we come back once again here on Rise and Fire Hoops Talk.